Flip to Freedom, episode number 18. Hello again, this is Sean Terry from the Flip to Freedom podcast. I'd like to welcome you to episode number 18. And in this episode, we're going to talk about how to, to make $10,000 in the next 30 days. Now, I am here to help you escape the 9 to 5 and live the lifestyle of your dreams by learning how you can make an absolute fortune flipping properties in your spare time, even if you're brand new, you're just getting started today, and you have absolutely no cash, no credit, or no experience. Now, there are a lot of different facets to real estate. Now, if you're listening to this podcast for the very first time, our 100% focus is, is how you can generate revenue in quick-turn real estate, how you can make Five thousand, ten thousand, fifteen thousand dollars in the, in you know thirty, forty five, sixty days working around your job. Now I have done you know the whole gamut. I've I've owned rentals, I've bought land, I've uh, owned commercial properties, owned rental properties, the entire thing. And when I got started, I got started flipping properties first off to generate revenue. Once you uh, generate revenue and you generate confidence, then you can start moving in to the other areas of real estate. And that's what's great about real estate because, you know, I mean, you look at Donald Trump, he has, you know, $100 million buildings. And then we're talking about flipping, you know, $50,000 properties. You know, I mean, it's still real estate and it's in the same arena, but it's just a different dollar amount. So what this show focuses on is how to get cash in your pocket as fast as humanly possible using no money, no credit, and having no experience. Now, if you want to learn about rental properties and uh, cash flow analysis and expense to cash flow ratio and all that type of stuff, um, and uh, more well versed about um, um, other you know, real estate aspect, then um, I can recommend two of the best co- podcasts uh, that I listen to regularly. And the first one, if you're looking for rental properties, uh, is a gentleman by the name of Jason Hartman, and he is great because um, he, you know owns rental properties, he uh, he sells rental properties, he's very uh, knowledgeable about that aspect of the business all over the entire country. Um, they have a report that goes through in detail about um, you know different markets that they like to invest in and why. Um, I recommend that highly. So if you're listening to this and you want to learn about rental properties, I would, you know, if you want to learn how to make cash um, in real estate, then you are at the perfect spot. If you want to learn how to make um, uh, build wealth through owning a a portfolio of rental properties and get a hundred dollar, two hundred dollar, three hundred, five hundred dollars of cash flow, then I would recommend Jason Hartman. The other podcast I'd like to recommend to you is um, the Real Estate Guys uh, Radio. You can just search that into uh, iTunes. Um, those guys, I, I listen to them. They're great. Um, they've been doing this for a long time, and they have some great uh, um, uh, interviews on there that they do with people, and they have a lot of uh, in depth information. I'm great. I I love listening to those guys. So I just wanted to let you know because we have a ton of new listeners that are listening to this podcast. And I want you just to, so you know exactly what we're, uh, what we're focusing on. Now, like I said, what's great about real estate is you can do quick turn real estate, you know, and you can make, and then you can turn around and what, what, when we're dealing with looking for motivated sellers, it actually, you can sometimes find some of the best deals that you can keep yourself Instead of quick turning and keep it in your own uh, inventory, one one of the hardest things 
uh, about real estate is finding the deal, especially if you're looking for rental properties. But if you know exactly how to go out and market for motivated sellers, then you can build your own portfolio without having to buy a bank-owned property, without having to buy a property at the courthouse steps, or having to uh, you know, uh, deal uh, buy a market, marked-up property from a wholesaler. So that's uh, another thing that's great about it. Now, in this episode, we are going to discuss how to make $10,000 in the next 30 days with no cash, no credit, no experience. And we are going to talk about um, how to find the deal. We're going to talk about how to negotiate it. We're going to talk about how to write up the contract, what paperwork is needed, um, what you'll need for your title escrow agent, what to tell them, how, you know, tell them what to do, um, how to sell the property super fast, and how to collect your check. At the end of this episode, I got an awesome quote for you, so definitely stick around for that. And next week, now, well, first off, in the the last week's episode at the end, I told you I had an awesome interview with a gentleman. I set that up, and we have that for next week. He was traveling um, outside the, uh, um, uh, I think it was in Montana, or he's been traveling all over, so uh, I, I happened to get him. He's extremely busy, and I am so excited to... Uh, bring him to you, but we are going to talk about real estate market prediction, his prediction on the real estate market, and uh, he wrote a book that I'm going to tell you next week, and then uh, in that book, everything that he wrote so far has come true on his prediction up to this date, so I mean, it is spine chilling. All I can tell you that to do is is go to the iTunes store and subscribe to this podcast. It's for free. And uh, and then you can uh, get this automatically downloaded in uh, your iTunes, and then you can uh, make sure you don't list, uh, missin, listen, <laughs> miss next week's episode. All right. Now, don't forget, um, you can go to uh, my website. It's flip2freedom, flip2freedom.com. You can go there. And um, I have on the front page, you'll see a video of me, and you can put your email address, and I will email you a 129-page blueprint on exactly how to quit your job in 19 weeks or less by quick-turning real estate, by flipping properties in your spare time with no cash, no credit, no experience. So you can get that for free. It's detailed. I go through everything. We've got unbelievable reviews. I mean, it... uh, Actually, when you put your email address, you'll be taken to another page, and you would not believe all the comments from people that are just you know, raving about this. So I, uh, I, I definitely greatly appreciate that. Now, um, let's get into exactly how to make $10,000 in the next 30 days. Now, first off, let's talk about the big picture, okay? Um, the big picture. Now, right now, um, and, and next week, uh, when, when I do the interview, we're going to talk about um, market indicators and uh, recent market news and in, uh, in the uh, you know housing market data that came out and stuff like that and how that pertains to uh, what we're doing here. But but for right now, on the bigger picture, there are people out there that either tons of people that owe way more than their property's worth. So uh, they're destined to um, either hang on to the property and just continue paying it, do a short sale on the property, or let it go to foreclosure. But there's also another massive amount of people out there um, that either owe at what the property is worth or slightly less. You know, they have, you know, anywhere from 3 to 5% equity in the property, not a lot of equity. So when they turn around and try to sell the property, they're either going to make nothing, you know, or they're going to have to come to the table with with uh, cash, a closing table with cash, to basically just get out of that property. 
property. So there is a there is a huge amount of people across the country um, that are in that type of situation where they have little to no equity in their property. Now, there's also a huge group of people out there that have cash, 5, 10, 15, 20, 30,000 dollars, but don't have the credit to qualify for a bank loan. Now, uh, you know, talking to uh, one of my recent, um, uh, one, uh, one of my loan officers that uh, we do deals with and refer business to, they were telling me that it is amazing because the, uh, cr the tightening of the credit, the credit standards today, um, and the loan, um, um, basically criteria to get a loan in this market today is harder today than it was back in 1990. So, we are looking at a at a at a basically a market right now where you have to be golden to be able to get a loan. I mean, you have to have a 750 to 800 credit score. Um, you have to have documented income. If you're self-employed, you have to have two years tax returns. You know, so it's very difficult to get a loan in this market. And there's a select few of the of the public that can actually qualify for a loan. So there is a, is is there definitely a credit problem in this market right now? So. That being said, we have a lot of people that have little or no equity, and we have a lot of people that have cash, but they don't have um, the credit or, or the income. Maybe they're self-employed. They don't have two years of documented income where they can uh, qualify for that loan. But they want to move. They want to get a house, but they just can't do it. Okay, so how's this, how's this come into play? Because basically what we're going to do is we're going to match the two together. We're going to market for motivated sellers and we are going to uh, find a property where little or no equity and we're going to negotiate with them to keep the existing loan in place buy the property subject to give them a couple thousand dollars cash and then what we're going to do is we're going to sign that contract to a buyer that has the down payment but maybe not the credit that can in turn, buy the property, and we can assign that for a profit. Now, let's talk about the first step here. First step is locating the motivated sellers. We we're, we got to find these motivated sellers that are in this situation. Okay, the first thing is you want to make friends with a realtor, and what you want to do is you want to have them do a search within the MLS, and in that search, you're basically looking for expired listings within the past 30, 60, 90 days. Now, depending on what city or county you're in, it, it could be thousands. Like if you do that in Maricopa County, I mean, you're talking thousands upon thousands. So you can narrow that down to a specific zip code if you want. You can narrow it down to a specific city or county or whatever you want to do. But you can narrow that down so you don't have, you know, 50,000 um, uh, expired listings in the past 30, 60 days. So, so you're looking for expired listings. You're also looking for houses that need little to no work. Pretty houses, what we call them. Um, preferably built between the year 2000 and 2008. Um, remove all the short sales. You don't want to deal with short. You don't want to have over-indebted property. You don't want to deal with short sales. Now... So that's basically the criteria you're going to give to your agent, and they're going to be able to pull all the expired listings for you and email you a list. It'll probably be, uh, it could be in a PDF format, or it could just be in uh, like an MLS link that they have with all the different properties on there. Um, and then you can kind of go through there, 
and uh, look at which ones um, have the highest days on market. Um, the higher the days on market after it expired, um, there will be more more motivation uh, for the seller there. Now, why are these people motivated? Now, I don't know about you, but if you ever sold a house before and you have a house on the market and maybe you have people come into the house and they're walking through and they're looking and, and there's no offers and uh, another week passes and, you know, four or five people come through on a weekend. There's open houses that's done. There's flyers that's putting, putting out that the realtor puts out there. They put it on the Internet. You know, they do open houses, no offers. Now, after 100 days, after 200 days, after a year and there's no offers and then the listing expires, do you know the, the, the seller – mindset is like i've got to get rid of this property and they they, they kind of like give up and they just say well i'm i'm stuck <laughs> you know and and no one has given them an option of how they can basically get out of this property so that's why they're motivated highly motivated and they're open to looking at different opportunities uh to be able to sell their property now when you're marketing to these expired listings, now think about this. You're going to ask for this list. You're going to get a list, and there's going to be the property addresses on there. You can look at the pictures. You, you know, let's say they're built from 2000 to 2008. Now you can pick, you know, the highest days on market that might fit, um, and you could, if you want, you can go cross-reference uh, to the tax records and see what type of loan they have on the property. But I, I wouldn't really worry about it. You can if you want. Um, but then pick, you know, uh, 50 to 100 of these houses in, in these particular area. And um, and then what you want to do is you're going to market to them. And basically what you're going to do is you're going to send them a yellow letter. Now, a yellow letter is a, uh, a marketing piece that we use that we have an unbelievable response rate. I'm sure you've heard me talk about it. Um, you get basically get 11 to 15% response rate. So if you send out 100 letters, you know, you're going to get, you know, Anywhere from 11 to 15 calls. You send a thousand letters, you're going to get, you know, 11, you know, 150 to, I mean, 150 to 110 calls. I mean, you'll get a lot of calls. Your phone will be ringing. So what you can do is you can send the yellow letter. Now, if you want an example of the yellow letter, it's in my book. You can download uh, for free uh, the book at flip2freedom.com if you'd like, um, or you can Google yellow letter example um, and click on the first couple websites, and they'll give you an example of what the yellow letter, letter looks like. Now, you can write this yourself. It's basically just a yellow padded paper with red ink, and uh, it's very simple. It just says, hello, um, so-and-so, I'd like to buy your house at so-and-so address. Please give me a call at so-and-so number. And put, make sure you put a local number on there. And... Um, and also, it's, it, it must be in an invitation-style envelope. It must have a real stamp on it. It must be in red ink. You put the, their address in red ink on, on the front. And on the back of the envelope, in the flap there, um, you put your address, and then you put a first-class stamp on it, and you send that out uh, to them. Now, they will call you, and they will <laughs> respond to this letter because, first off, think about it. They've been trying to sell their house for 300 days, and then uh, now they're going to get this you know, handcrafted letter in the mail from you that's going to say, hey, I want to buy your house. Don't you think that would uh, prompt them to call? They'd be curious, wouldn't they? So what they're going to do is they will call you. Now, make sure you do not lick the envelope. Make sure you fold 
the back of the envelope in and don't lick it. Just just fold it open. Why? I don't know, but you know what? It works, and it works like crazy. All right. So now, taking the calls. People will be curious. They will be curious. They will wondering, why the heck are you sending me this letter? Now, what you want to do is control the conversation, you know? And, you know, typically when what happens is people call me up and they say, you know, hey, I just got this, you know, funny little note in the mail saying you want to buy my house. What's the situation? I just, call, I just say, hey, listen, you know, I, I'm basically looking for properties in your specific area and, uh, and I – was sending letters out in, in that area, and, and your your house must have been in the area that I was sending letters to, and, and I'm looking for properties either to uh, buy and sell, or I'm looking for properties that uh, I can use for rent, rental purposes. Um, are you interested in selling your house? And then you turn the question right back around on them, and they go, well, uh, yeah, yeah, I might be interested in selling the house. Uh, what are you offering? Uh, I said, no, i got to look at the house and see, what's, uh, see what the condition of the property is. Can you tell me about it? And they're going to come back and say, oh, sure, I'll tell you about it. You know, it's a three-bed, two-bath. You know, it's a 2,300 square feet. Uh, it's a fairly good condition. And, and then you're going to say, well, you know, how is air conditioning? You know, how big is the lot? Um, what's the biggest problems with the property? And you can start asking questions about it. And the goal is to build rapport with them on the phone, but also try to find out as much as information you can about the property and set the appointment. So you want to control the conversation. And then you want to set the appointment. That's the main goal is set the appointment so you can go there. And also test motivation. Now, if someone's not motivated, don't set the appointment because it's a waste of time. I'll tell you that right now. And the way you tell motivation is you ask them a simple question. All you do is ask them, say, listen, if we do come to agreement and I could buy the house, how fast would you like to close? And they're going to say, if they say, well, you know, I'm in no rush, my kids are in school right now, so I wouldn't even be ready to move for another six months, that's not motivation. And if it was me, I said, well, you know, why don't I follow up with you in six months then? Because I'm looking for something I can get into immediately. Um, but if they say, listen, you know, hey, if, if we can come to an agreement, you know, and, and everything works, I'd, I'd sell in, you know, tomorrow if I could. That is motivation. That's where you want to make the appointment. Okay, so now, that was step three, taking the calls. Step four is going on the appointment. Now, what do you bring on this appointment? First thing you want to bring is a residential purchase contract. You can get your residential purchase contract from your local uh, board of realtors. Um, use the uh, residential purchase contract that all, all the other realtors use. Um, and um, go back to uh, my episode number, I think it's number, um, let me see what number is that. Either, I think it's number 13, and that is episode on contract clauses. Contract clauses you must have um, in, your, uh, in, your, in your contract. So go back to that one. So basically the bottom line is you want to have a, an appraisal clause in there that um, you will do an appraisal on the property, um, or, or contract is subject to partner's approval. That is a contract clause in there. Um, but listen to that episode. I go through in detail. Just go to the website at flip2freedom.com and go on the podcast tab, and you can find it in there. Um, so you want a residential purchase contract. You want a letter of authorization. That allows you to talk to their bank and get payoffs on the existing loan on the property. Um, you want to have a list of comparable sales of the, of the area um, so you know, what, you know what the property is worth um, you know, at or what it's worth. Um, and then a camera so you can take a bunch of pictures. Okay. Now, what do you do on the appointment? 
Now, okay, so think about this. You've taken the call and you set in the appointment. Now you have a folder and you have your purchase contract, your letter of authorization, you got your camera with you, you got your comparable sales, you're in your car, and now you're going over to their house. And guess what? If this is your first appointment, I guarantee your heart is going to be beating and you will be nervous. But that's okay. Guess what? Because once you've been on as, as many appointments with motivated sellers as I've been on, then um, you'll get it. When you do the second one, you'll get it. You'll, you'll feel more comfortable. You'll feel more confident. But you've got to go on that first appointment to get over that hump of that fear. So what you're going to do is you're going to go on the appointment. The number one goal when you're meeting a motivated seller is you want to build rapport. And I, I say this over and over. It's in my book. I've talked about it. Build rapport. Rapport is key to get them to like you and trust you. And you do that by asking questions. How do you build rapport? You ask questions. You ask questions and you show interest, sincere interest in, in them. And I, I, I tell a story about where I, um, I, I went in and met with this motivated seller. Um, and I walked in the, uh, the house and he had boats all over the place, boats everywhere. I mean, it was, it was incredible. Um, there was handcrafted wooden boats and there was probably 500, I don't know, a couple hundred of them all over the walls. So when I first walked in, I was like, wow, that's incredible. Where'd you get all these boats? And guess what? He was passionate about those boats. He was talking and he was excited and his eyes was lighting, light up. His wife's eyes lit up and he was, ah, he was, he was, yeah, he was excited. And <laughs> that was, uh, you know, and we happened to build, build rapport because we were talking about boats, boats and I, I, I showed a sincere interest in it. It was, it was, it was uh, very interesting. So you want to build rapport. So you're walking in the house, you go to the front door, you ring the doorbell, you go in. Hey, how you doing? You're looking for things inside the house that you can build rapport. It's pictures of kids, it's family pictures, it's it's antiques, some, something, something that you can grab onto um, that you can build a rapport with them to get them talking about themselves. Okay. Um, now, when you, they're gonna, they're gonna, you know, start talking. They're gonna say, "Okay, great, let's let's see the house." So you're gonna start walking around the house, and basically, what you're looking for is major repair items. You want to look at the carpet. You know, if the carpet's all stained and there's stuff all over it, well, obviously, it's gonna need either new carpet or it's gonna need um, uh, a steam cleaner. Um, but but look around. Is there, is there any holes in the drywall? Is there is there things uh, very uh, you know, when you walk in the house, it's going to go, wow, that's going to need a lot of work. Um, you, I always look at AC. Those are big concern. The roof, for sure, is a big concern. Um, you want to ask those questions. You want to ask when, you, when, you're, when you're walking around. So uh, how's the AC? When, when, was it, when was it recently replaced? Now, in Phoenix here, we have AC. Now, if you're in uh, Philly, well, you might not have AC. You might have heat, right? I guess. I don't know. So um, whatever you have in there. So you want to ask about those main, like a, the heat or the AC or, you know, ask about the, uh, you know, their roof for sure. The plumbing and electric. When, when was that last updated? Um, you know, and ask them, say, listen, what is the best thing about this house? What do you love about this house? And they'll go, blah, blah, blah. They'll, they'll tell you all about the things, what they love about the house. And then say, great. What's the worst thing about this house? You know, and Nine times out of ten, they will tell you, well, you know, we had a leak over here when the rain came in and blah, 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 blah. And they'll tell you all the things that are worth it. Now, just write that down and notate it. Now, remember, the goal is you're looking for a house that needs minimal work. Because 
in essence, you're going to be selling it to a, a retail buyer um, who's going to buy it. And they don't want to go in and put $50,000 worth of work in the house. They want to walk in and have it be able pretty and be moving ready. Or maybe even do a little bit of work on the house. Okay. The One of the final questions you want to ask when you're walking is why are you selling? So, so I usually walk around, I'm talking, so, you know, so what makes you want to sell? And make sure you ask that question after you build a certain level of rapport. Don't ask it on the first, when you first walk in, but ask it after you build. And what happens, you're going to get deep into the motivation of why they want to sell the house. And it could be to where my husband got transferred. I just did a contract on a property last week. Husband got transferred to Las Vegas. I got to sell. He's up there with the kids. I'm back here with the house. I got to get out of here. We got to sell and we got to sell quick. Okay. And I asked the question, you know, and I said, you know, so what makes you want to sell? And she just told me. So asking that question is great to getting to the internal motivation and just listen. Listen and say, really? Well, why is that? You know, what, what happened? Why did he move to Las Vegas? Oh, he got his job transferred up there, and he's got your kids. Yeah, he's got the kids. How the heck does he do that? Well, he's got a nanny, and you know, and he and he goes, you know, go through all these different things of why, um, why the motivation's there. Okay, now, now you've walked through the house, you've built rapport with them. Now you're going to sit down and you're going to talk numbers. Okay, don't get nervous. It's okay, um, because if you've built the rapport and you have an understanding about the house, when you're sitting down talking numbers. Um, it'll be a lot easier. Always go to the kitchen table if you can. If they have a kitchen table, if they don't, couch is fine. But sit down and then you want to talk about the numbers. Now, what you want to do is, is first off, is say, hey, listen, I understand it's been on the market. It was on the market for you know 175 days. What do you think is the biggest reason it didn't sell? And they're going to say, well, the market, you know, is terrible. You know, it's you know this and that. that. They're going to have all the reasons of why they think it didn't sell. Um, and then now it goes into, um, you know, basically, you know, showing him comparable sales of what's going on in the market, you know, right now, the market could potentially continue to decline. Um, and, uh, then they could owe less than the property's worth and be really stuck. Um, and then, and I started, you know, when, when I'm asking him, show him comparable sales and talking about why they're, why they believe their house didn't sell and saying, yeah, so let me ask a question. Well, you know, you know, where are you going to move to? And, and, and maybe it's transferring to Las Vegas or maybe it's, uh, um, you know, going somewhere else, but, or, or uh, maybe do a house with a, a less, um, a lesser payment um, that they can afford. But they'll start talking to them and say, listen, well, you know, let's say you're moving. How much cash do you need to move? And they're going to say, well, you know, I need, you know, you know 1500 maybe $3,000 to move. Okay. Make, make sure you notate that down that they need that. Um, and, uh, and then what do you want, when you start talking about, when you start negotiating with, about, about leaving the loan in place and what I typically do is go in and sit down and say, listen, you know, I obviously understand that there's a massive credit crisis in the market right here today. And, and, uh, you know, if I was going to pay cash for this house, I would have to be, you know, let's say theoretically the house is worth a hundred thousand dollars. You know, listen, if I was going to pay cash for it, if I was going to go get a hard money loan or I was going to pay cash for this right now, you know, I would have to pay 40 to $50,000 for this house. Cause that's what I'm buying in this market right now, because obviously we're in a, a pretty bad real estate depression. But what I would like to do with you guys is now, you know, I understand that you owe, you know, on the house, let's say ninety thousand dollars on the house. The house is worth a hundred, so you literally have, you know, maybe you know, 
a little bit, but guess what? If you're going to list it on the market, which you did, and you turn around and sell it at the $100,000, by the time you pay realtor commissions and closing costs and fees, you're going to be literally left with nothing. So what if I could give you your couple thousand dollars, but we leave the existing loan in place for the term of three years? And then just be quiet and just kind of, kind of see what they say. So you're basically explaining to them of what the situation is about leaving the loan in place. And, they, and, they, and they're going to ponder and think about it and then go, well, how exactly does that work? Well, what we'll do is we'll buy the property subject to the existing loan. Now, the loan will stay in your name. The deed will be in our name. And basically what we can do is we can give you cash and then what we're going to do is we're going to have a title company um, that's going to service your loan. It'll be a, a servicing company. And you're, we're going to make payments to the servicing company. The servicing company is going to make payments to your loan. It's going to be audited. We're both going to get statements, and uh, it'll all be taken care of. Now, let's say theoretically we do not make payments on the house. Then the servicing company will initiate a foreclosure. And then the property would revert back to you and you could take the property back as the beneficiary of the note and deed of trust. Now you're going to wrap that existing note. Okay, they're going to do a wrap and the servicing company will be able to service that wrapped note and deed of trust. I mean, we've done hundreds of these you know, type of deals and they uh, work phenomenal. Um, because it gives uh, someone like myself or, you know, even for rental properties, even for uh, selling it, the ability to buy properties um, with seller financing place. Now, all right, so now you have, now let, 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 let's say for an example, you know, you're, you're, you're talking to them and, uh, and, 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 they're, and they're basically they say, well, you know, after you, you give them your spiel of what you're going to do and they say, well, you know, I, I want to I think about it. You know, I just, you know, I don't know. It's a little bit different for us. You know, this is a little bit unconventional. We, we, we want to think about it. So they say, okay, you know, that, that's fine. I, I can tell you, though, I'm only looking for maybe one or two properties. I do have uh, several appointments later on this week um, to look at a couple other properties, that, um, you know, pretty much with a, the similar type of uh, structure in mind. Um, and I, I can tell you, if I happen to purchase one of these other properties, then, you know, I, my offer will not stand. So I, I can understand that. So I, you know, appreciate that. But if you, um, and I have no problem sleeping on it for sure and think about it and talk about it. But listen, let me know first thing in the morning because I do have appointments that I'm going on later in the afternoon. Please let me know first thing in the morning if you'd like to proceed or not. Um, and what's going to happen is, is that is what's called a fear of loss um, that they might now think about it. They've been trying to sell the house for what? You know, 175 days. So then you give them an offer on the table that they could get cash in their hands and then they could have the relief of the debt off their back and, uh, and put it on somebody else and they can move on. Um, and then they're going to think about it when, you know, what's there to think about? I mean, what if, what if they had an offer for, they owed a hundred, they, I mean, they owe 90, it's worth a hundred. What if they had an offer uh, coming in for 95,000? They had to come to the table with $5,000 to pay realtor commissions, you know? They probably either, you know, what would they do? Think, you know, they'd probably come up with it. I don't know. But the bottom line is now they get to get cash, you know, and they get to get out of the, uh, the debt relief. So let's say they say yes. And they say, and you ask them the question and you, and you show them the opportunity there and you, of, of what, what you could do. And, uh, and you say, well, listen, 
you know, if you accept all this and, and we agree on it and we agree on everything, how fast would you like to move? And then shut up, okay? Don't speak. Don't say anything. That's your closing question, okay? You're going to say, how, if we get everything all together here and we agree on everything, how fast would you like to move? And they're going to say, well, hey, man, I, you know, I'd move tomorrow if you can get this thing done. Say, great. Pull out your paperwork. Pull out your contract, and then you can start writing up the contract right there on the spot. Okay. Now, let's talk about opening up escrow. Now, let, let's go back real quick, real quick. The example. Property is worth $100,000. let us talk about uh, structure of how we do it. Property is worth $100,000. Let's say it was listed on the market for $100,000. They owe $90,000. They want $2,000. The payments on the mortgage, PITI, is uh, $650. So, what you do is sitting and talking to these guys and say, listen, you know, your house, you know, it's worth a hundred. You had on the market for a hundred. You owe 90. You know, you have maybe 10,000 by the time you pay all the fees and stuff. You're going to be left with at or nothing. I'll give you $2,000 cash at closing. We will buy the property subject to the existing $90,000 loan, meaning that we'll, we'll continue to make payments for the, for over the three year period to that loan, um, for the payments of $650 a month. And they go, great. And you sign them up. Now you have the contract. Now you're going to open up escrow. Okay. Um, now what you want to do is when you're, I would go sit down and talk to the escrow officer. And I'd sit down and I'd give her the contract and i explain all the information uh, to her in the contract so she understands it completely. Okay. So your escrow officer is going to need, and they'll probably call up the seller for the uh, existing note and deed of trust that they can fax over, um, or if it's in the county record, she can probably pull that as well. But she's going to create a wrap, another note, and she's going to wrap that existing loan so the servicing company can service that loan and make payments directly to their bank and have everything audit, audited for you. Now, Escrow officers do it. Now, we use uh, Security Title, which is a, a branch of Fidelity National Title, which was is one of the largest uh, title uh, companies in the entire country. Um, whatever city you're in, I'm sure there's a Fidelity National Title or a large title company that you can uh, talk to them about doing a subject-to-wrap um, and having it serviced with a servicing company. And I'm sure they've done tons of them, especially in this market. There's a lot of transactions like this being done with seller financing. All right. Now, how to sell the deal. Step number five is opening escrow. We just talked about that. Step number six, selling the deal. Now, what you want to do now is now you have it set up. You're basically buying the property for $92,000, $2,000 cash, $90,000. You're taking over the mortgage, and then there's closing costs, right? That's your um, contract price. Um, now, you're going to turn around and sell the deal. So, what you want to do is you want to post an ad on Craigslist and Backpage and you want to emphasize seller financing. So you want to say, buy this beautiful house. You can show pictures on there if you'd like of the, of the house. Um, no credit, no qual, $12,000 down. So what's going to happen is people are now are going to start calling you and uh, want to inquiring about the house. And you, can, um, you don't have to put all the pictures up, but if you get a bunch of good pictures, um, we use Picasa which is a, a Google uh, application, you can, uh, you can get that. But we upload pictures to Picasa, and you can actually share a link um, with that, and then you can see a whole album 
of uh, all the house pictures of um, of the particular house. So um, so now someone's going to call off that, and you're going to say, listen, it's $12,000 down. There's seller financing in place. There's no banks that are needed, and uh, and 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 you can go do a drive-by in the house. Um, you know, if you'd like, I can get, uh, have an appointment with you to come look at the house if you'd like. And some of the best things to do is what I've, uh, what we've done is, you know, especially if the seller is living there, it becomes a little bit more difficult. If the property's vacant, it's a lot more easy, of course, easier because then you can um, have access to the property and show the property as much as you want. Um, but when you are talking to the seller um, and negotiating, you just want to let them know and say, listen, I'm going to have my partner come by. Maybe the appraiser is going to come by. A couple of my contractors look at some of the stuff on the property. So I'm going to be bringing some people over to come look at the house. Um, when's the best time for me to do that? And they'll give you some times where you can come and look at the property. Or you can say, listen, I need Saturday from 1 to 4 where I can have access to the house. I'm going to bring everybody over and look at the house. And what you want to do is schedule maybe everybody for a Saturday to come over and look at the property um, from the calls off your Craigslist and back page ad. And then, obviously, the first one to bring um, that writes up a contract that can put the $12,000 down uh, will get the deal. So now what you're going to do is you're in another way to uh, uh, to get um, people calling off to market the property and selling the property is Craigslist and Backpages. Let's talk about that. Um, you can put uh, signs uh, around the particular neighborhood. Don't put it in front of the house, of course. Don't put it on the corner, but put around that specific vicinity of where it's at, uh, emphasizing uh, must sell, house must sell, seller financing, no banks needed. And then just put that and put your phone number. Um, and people will call because they're looking for houses in that specific area. But you can just get a house for sale, um, must sell fast, uh, seller financing in place, uh, you know, minimal down. And people will call you. Another thing you can do is you can put an ad in your local newspaper um, similar to your Craigslist ad. It's just getting the phone uh, to ring with people looking uh, for seller financing and looking for low down houses. Okay. Now, you're going to show the property. And you're going to get the contract. So let's say you have someone, uh, they're well qualified, they like the area. You'll know by talking to them that they, uh, they, they're really serious um, about buying the property. And uh, what you can do is you can have them drive the neighborhood and look around and have them look at it. If they really like the neighborhood um, and, and they can verify that they have uh, the $12,000 in funds, then what I would do is uh, schedule an appointment um, to have them come see the property or bring them in on that Saturday. Okay. So, um, so now what you want to do is uh, now that they say, okay, I would like the property, I want to buy it, you would do another purchase contract with them, the same uh, residential real estate purchase contract you get from your uh, board of realtors there, write up that contract. And what you're going to do is now you're going to have basically uh, two different contracts. Okay. And now what you can do is you can uh, basically assign, you give, you give the contract now to your escrow officer and what she, what she can do is she can do an assignment or a nominee um, from the buyer to your new seller, okay? I mean, from the seller to your new buyer, my fault. So they're basically, it's, it's going to be, you're going to have a contract right there, and it's going to say, um, it's going to say in the contract, it's going to say uh, buyer, it's going to say your company and or assigns. Okay, so what you're going to do is you're going to able to assign your contract, your purchase contract, to the new buyer for a fee, and that fee in this scenario would be ten thousand dollars. For an example, you have a hundred thousand dollar property; they owe ninety, they only want two thousand dollars, six fifty payments. So think about it; they're going to come in with twelve thousand dollars down. They're going to pay the closing cost, 
and then you are going to get the $10,000. Now, this can all be done extremely fast, real fast. I mean, you could get a contract on a property very quickly, pull the title report, get all the documents needed within a couple days. You could put it on Craigslist, put an ad in the paper, put signs out in the front yard. You can have people calling in. You, you verify which one is real, which one's motivated, that really wants to purchase a property, have them drive by it. And then you turn around, show them the property and, uh, and then write up the contract and literally go to closing. There's no appraisals needed if you don't want to. There's, uh, you don't have to uh, go through all inspection periods and all that type of stuff. Um, they have seller financing in place. There's no banks to go through or credit, credit qualifications or anything like that. But basically, you can, you, can, you can literally turn this in a matter of a week and a half to two weeks, 30 days easy all day long. So that's why I love doing uh, these transactions. All right. So now, show the property, get the contract. You can assign the property for $10,000 and then you go to closing and then you collect your check. Now, think about this. You've marketed for the buyer, you went and got the contract, you overcame your fear, you're excited, you went in, you talked you talk, talk to them, negotiated everything, opened up, did the whole deal, sold the property, and then you got your $10,000 check. How do you feel? I mean, really, how do you feel? You did it. You got your first $10,000 check. All I know is this. My first check I ever made in May of 2003 for 11000 I think it was $8, that did it. Sealed the deal for me. I mean, I was ecstatic. I mean, like, like the same thing it did for Christina and Josh, Josh Vicia in their, in their case studies interview, same thing it did for Matt in their case, same, you wouldn't, like these other uh, people I'm working with, the exact same thing it did for them. Is the thing is, is that once you get your first check, it will, like I said last week, solidify in your bones that this thing does work 100%. And that is my goal, to help you get your check as fast as humanly possible. This is a great method because there's tons of people out there with have properties with little, no equity. And there's tons of people out there looking for properties um, that have cannot qualify and they want to purchase a property for themselves to live in or for an investment purposes. All right, it's very, it's, it's, it's easy. I mean, it's, it's not, like I said, once you do one transaction, you go, well, you know, that was not rocket science. That was uh, fairly simple. <laughs> all right, now, doing all this, you might run into obstacles, right? Some things might come up that I didn't cover here in this, you know, hour long, whatever. But things will come up. And when things come up, how are you going to handle them? And see, Here's a quote I want to uh, read to you. It's from Ross Perot. It's on quitting. Most people give up just when they're about to achieve success. They quit on the one-yard line. They give up the last minute of the game, one foot from winning a touchdown. See, if you ever read the book Think and Grow Rich, there's a story in there about how a gold miner was three feet from one of the largest gold veins ever discovered in the history of America. And he gave up. He sold all his equipment. He sold all his stuff. And he said, I'm done. I'm not going to do this. This is ridiculous. It doesn't work. You know, probably friends and family and relatives are going, what are you, nuts? Are you digging gold? You're not going to find anything. He spent all his money and all his equipment. You're digging down. You're not going to find a thing. So he sold it all for pennies on the dollar. 
Someone came in, did a little bit of research, went over three feet, dug down, and hit the biggest gold vein ever. Now, imagine if you were that guy that sold it for pennies on the dollar. How do you think you'd feel? It's like winning the lottery and then losing the ticket. <laughs> it would be it would be terrible. It would be just terrible. See, and that's what I can tell you. Quitting is a decision that you make. It's a decision. You get to a point and some see cuz guess what? It's not all it's not all going to be just easy. Everything's just not going to flow. It's a test. And see you're going to get to a point, you're going to hit an obstacle, and guess what's going to happen? You're going to be at a point of making a decision. You're going to be worn out. You're going to say, oh, I sent a bunch of letters out. I made offers. You know, people are motivated. I don't know. It doesn't work. You know, you know, I sent out 100 letters. I you know, put out bandit signs. You know, my family thinks I'm crazy. You know, this doesn't work. No, no, it does work. The thing is, what happens is you haven't worked hard enough. See, it does work. See, I know it works, so it's easy. So I know how to get a deal because I've done so many of them. But there was a point when I didn't know I could get a deal. I was out when I first started. I was taught not to get people to call me. I was taught to go out and knock on doors. That's what I was taught. Get a list of people in foreclosure. Go knock on their door and see if they want to sell sell, sell your house. So I said, Okay. I went in the car. I pulled all the map of all the things on Google Map, uh, not Google Map, yeah, uh, no, Yahoo Maps. I printed it all out. It was before the iPhone or GPS or anything. Um, and I started dri- in 2003, and I started driving around and I started knocking on doors in the heat of 112 degrees. Thank God I was listening to Napoleon Hill to motivate me because it was crazy. And guess what? Door after door after door. You know what it's like? knocking on doors and people have dogs barking and chasing after you uh people slamming the door in your face you know guy pulled a gun on me you know get out of here screaming get out of here, you know but guess what i did it i'm not telling you to do that that is nuts i wouldn't put that pain on anybody but guess what i was so persistent and i was so determined and i was so motivated and I didn't know it could work. And I knocked on doors. Not I, I didn't I didn't knock on fifty and go, Well, I knocked on fifty and it didn't work. I couldn't find someone that wouldn't buy No. I knocked on fifty and guess what? I said I got you know what? I gotta knock on fifty more. And I knocked on fifty more. I said I gotta knock on fifty more. I gotta knock on fifty more. And I know, I don't know how many doors I knocked on before I got my first deal, but you know what? My knuckles were bleeding <laughs> from knocking on so many doors. All I'm telling you is this. Quitting is a decision. If you decide to quit, you're going to get, you're going to basically be exactly where you are today. And if you don't like where you're at today, then two things have to happen. One, you either just decide to stay where you're at and just go, oh, you know, just be where I am and just my life and just deal with it. Or two, things have got to change. And for things to change, you've got to change. And for things to get better, you've got to get better. And that's all I'm saying. So the bottom line is this, is that quitting is a decision. Now, don't listen to this podcast. Download my book. Read all this information. Get excited about it. Yay. And don't do anything.
take massive action. It takes hustle and persistence and never quitting to get the results. Because once you get the results, then guess what? You'll get it and you know you can do it. And I don't care what your friends, family, relatives, coworkers, anybody tells you, you can say, you know what? I've got to check. And they're going to say, hey, you making any money yet doing that real estate thing? Uh, yeah. I just made a $10,000 check. Thank you. And that will shut them up real quick. Now, next episode, I told you as uh, we have this incredible gentleman that's going to be talking about um, exactly uh, real estate market predictions. And he's going to go in depth about it. And I'm super excited uh, for you to listen. So make sure you subscribe, go into iTunes, subscribe in iTunes. And uh, for this next episode, it's going to, I'm telling you, it's going to knock your socks off. It's going to be super exciting. Um, and I've been trying to set up this interview for a while now. And uh, I know you're absolutely going to love it. And, uh, and all I can say is this, don't quit. Don't quit, please. Just don't quit. Because quitters never win and winners never quit. And I know it's a cliche, but it's true. Don't be a loser. Be a winner and don't quit. Now, if you want, you can go to my, uh, so I don't forget, go to uh, flip2freedom.com. I have all this information explained in a book about how to do this. Exactly. Because everything right here that I talked about, if it's overwhelming, you're going, oh my gosh, I need to write it down or whatever, just go to flip, the number two freedom.com, and you can download this book for free. All you got to do is put your email in there, and I will email you this report for free. And you can listen to all the other podcasts on there. And I uh, greatly appreciate you listening, and I will see you next week. So until then, I wish you ultimate success in your real estate investing career, and I'll look forward to your comments and calls. And uh, God bless.